Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. My name is Joel Knox, and I'm the senior pastor here. If you haven't already, you can check out our media archive on our website, vineyardbrenham.org, or go to our Facebook page at Vineyard Brenham for more media or information about our church. We're so glad you joined us, and here's this week's message. Morning. It's nice to hear a response. It's a pretty cool thing. One of the things that's happened since this started is that I was able to get by without glasses before, and now I realize I, I need them a lot more than I did just a few weeks ago. So, um, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here today. And, and I thought about it like maybe 10 minutes before the service that I didn't have any intro music. And it, and it, it felt kind of weird with the offering going on and nothing. So that'll be back next week. Just want you to know. Uh, well, I, I guess we could. We, we could sing something that would work. Well, I'm fascinated by what's called people's famous last words. I don't know about you, but that, that's kind of a big thing for me. I, I love the idea of someone's famous last words. And, and I think you know what I'm talking about. I mean, sometimes these are parting words. Sometimes they're a person's last words on a particular topic. You know, that's kind of how you leave it when you, when you separate, Right? My dad, his last words to me, and just to give you a little bit of the story, um, my dad was, was in the middle of having a heart attack. And we, I was trying to, to take him to the hospital. I was trying not to make a big deal out of it because he, w- he was concerned about going to the hospital and all those kinds of things. And, and uh, I, I just trying to keep him calm. And so on the way to the car... I was loading him up, and he said, I hate that you have to do this. And I said, Dad, it, it, I, I, I love to do it. And he said, well, well I, I appreciate you doing this for me. Load him up in the car. Well, on the way to the, to the, the hospital, it, he had what was called the Widowmaker, and, and, he, and he was essentially DOA when we got to the hospital. But I, I just always remember that, you know, I appreciate you doing that for me. Those were his famous last words to me. And the definition of the famous last words, you know, there's actually a definition for this, and it's, it says that it's often as, given as an ironic com- comment or a reply to an overconfident assertion that may, be, may well be proved wrong by events. I stuttered through that, so I'm going to read it again. It's said often as an ironic comment or a reply to an overconfident assertion that may well be proved wrong by events. Now, just to give you an idea, just in case, I, I thought this might be fun, to, um, to just give you a few famous last words and see if you recognize them. Would that 
be fun? It's interactive, so I'm really enjoying this. Okay, here's the first one. You cannot win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can imagine. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars A New Hope. That one was kind of easy. Okay, how about this one? Freedom! (laughs) William Wallace, Mel Gibson from the movie Braveheart. See, these are pretty good. All right, how about this one? This one might be a little bit more obscure. Earn this. Earn it. Yes. Captain John Miller, played by Tom Hanks, in Saving Private Ryan. And I I thought that was really appropriate considering that this is Memorial Day weekend. And speaking of Memorial Day weekend, we, we want to recognize those, acknowledge those who have, have served and who gave their life for this country because that's what Memorial Day is all about, about remembering those who sacrificed. Okay, here's another one. See if you can get it. If I'd have known that this was the last time that me and Bubba was going to talk I'd have thought of something better to say. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. And incidentally, the, the famous last words that they exchanged was, Bubba asked Forrest, Forrest, why did this happen? And, of course, Forrest replied, you've been shot. Oh, yeah, I, I just watched it not too long ago. And then Bubba replied to him, I, I want to go home. So, again, it's appropriate for, for this weekend. And finally, and this is the, the last one, and I, you know, I, I'm sure you'll get this one too. I'll be back. <laughs> The Terminator. And, you know, it, and it's interesting, that movie, I, I never really got into it because I never understood why, and those of you that are Terminator fans, you might be able to tell me, but it just never made sense to me how Arnold could be the bad guy in the beginning and then he could be the good guy throughout the rest of the series. I, it never made sense to me, and that, that's, that's really why I never really, never really got into the series. So, anyhow... Well, Stephen can fill me in. Now, for the, for the past 40 or so days, I don't know if you've been, been following me on Facebook, but I've been doing a daily devotion. There have been a few days that I, I've, I've had to kind of make up when I've missed. But we've been following Jesus and his disciples in the 40 days after the resurrection. If you recall, Jesus was resurrected and then... He started showing up randomly around Jerusalem. 
and around the region, and the disciples kept having contact with him. And this past Thursday, we recognized the Ascension Day. That's the day that Jesus it was was he ascended back to heaven, and it's acknowledged on the church calendar as the day that Jesus went back to heaven. So I wanted to look at that today, and I wanted to focus on Jesus' famous last words. And this is actually going to be in two parts, part one today and part two next week. But Jesus, he spent this 40 days with his his apostles. And there's a shift in in the, the gospel text where before they were called disciples, but then after the resurrection, they were called apostles. I thought that was really interesting. And the word apostle means sent ones. And we'll see in in the coming days how how the, the apostles were sent out by Jesus. And Luke... The gospel writer Luke, he continued his account of his life of the life of Jesus in a book that he called the Acts of the Apostles. And in Acts chapter 1, Luke wrote this: Jesus showed himself to the apostles and proved in many ways that he was alive. The apostles saw Jesus during the 40 days after he was raised from the dead. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Now, I, I find that interesting. And that would, if you've been following along in, the, in, the, in the, the 50 forgotten days, our devotion that we've been doing over the past 40 some odd days, why did Jesus stick around? I mean, he was raised from the dead. Why did he stick around? What was the purpose in sticking around with the, the, the apostles? Did he just not want to leave? Or was there a purpose behind him staying for those 40 days? Well, we believe that Jesus had a purpose, and he was reminding them of everything that he had taught, everything that he had showed them, everything that they had experienced in the three years that they spent with him as disciples. And so just looking at what Luke says here in Luke chapter 1, Jesus used those 40 days to prove to his followers that he was alive. And I find it interesting, you know, even though Jesus, and and there's all kinds of stuff in the the account, how, how he appeared and then disappeared. And then how he could even walk through walls and do, do all these amazing kinds of things. But he wanted to prove that he was alive, that he wasn't just a ghost, he wasn't an apparition, he was alive that in, in a resurrected body, that he was the new resurrection. And so Jesus used these 40 days to prove that he was alive. And leave and remove any kind of doubt. And by the way, Jesus is the good news. We we talk about the, the, the gospel. The good news is that Jesus was alive, he was crucified, 
was dead and buried, and then rose from the dead. That's the good news. There's new life in Jesus that's available to us because he's been raised from the dead. So that's the first thing that Luke was talking about in, in, in the book of Acts. Well, the second thing he says is that Jesus talked to his disciples about the kingdom of God. Now, what kind of things did Jesus talk about in regard to the kingdom of God? Well, I, I just wrote down a few things, I think, that, that Jesus focused on. The first of these is the nature of God's kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus talked about this was my Father's kingdom, the rule and reign of God that's made evident through the ministry of Jesus. And when it came, it, it was introduced, but it didn't come in its, it, its fullness. And this is what we talk about in the vineyard in the already and not yet of the kingdom. It's here, but it's not here completely. And when Jesus came, he was preaching in Matthew chapter 4. Repent of your sins and, tur and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And what he was saying is that the kingdom has come. It's, it's here now, but it's still coming. There's still more to come. There's still more to look forward to. And so when you see what Jesus did, there's still yet more to see and experience. Another thing I think that, that, was, that Jesus talked about was the signs of the kingdom. How do we know that the kingdom is here? If you recall, John the Baptist was put in, in prison after Jesus had been revealed in, in Jerusalem and in, in, in Israel. And so John gets thrown in prison and, and he sends some messengers to Jesus to find out if he's the one that was promised. In Matthew chapter 11, he sends them and they, they ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? And Jesus told them, Go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And I think what Jesus was telling them during these 40 days, to borrow a phrase from the founder of the vineyard, John Wimber, keep doing the stuff. This demonstrates that the kingdom is here. Keep on praying for the sick. Keep on raising the dead. Keep on healing the blind and the, and the deaf and the lame and those that have these diseases that can't be cured. Pray for them and demonstrate that the kingdom is here. And the way they do that is, is in the tell and the show of the kingdom. The proclamation that the kingdom has come and then the demonstration that it is here through the signs and wonders that they performed. I think the third thing that, that they 
that Jesus talked to them about during these 40 days was the availability of the kingdom. In other words, where is it? How, where is it? What do we look for? And in Luke chapter 17, the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked them this very question. When will the kingdom of God come? They asked Jesus. And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Now, that phrase is really interesting because it also could mean the kingdom is actually within you. And some translations even say that, that the kingdom is already within you or that the kingdom is within your grasp. Now, what's he talking about there? He's not talking about a physical realm. You know, the, the United Kingdom at one point in time used to say that the sun cannot set on our kingdom because they had conquered so many regions and lands. And so when, you, when they spoke of the kingdom, the United Kingdom, it was a physical realm. But the kingdom of God is a spiritual reality that's revealed to us through the Holy Spirit and His work in our lives. And we come under the rule and reign of God. God's right to rule. His right as the ruler of the universe. And His authority as King and Lord over all things. And so when we submit ourselves to that authority, when we acknowledge that authority, through conversion we experience the birth of the kingdom of God within us. And that's what Jesus was talking about. So over these 40 days, Jesus was teaching this to the disciples. Make sure you get this. Make sure that you understand what I'm saying. So we come up to the 40th day where Jesus is with the disciples. And Jesus has been hanging out. He's been talking about the kingdom of God. And I can imagine at this point the disciples were beginning to wonder, where's this all going? I mean, Jesus has been raised from the dead. He can walk through walls. He can appear and disappear on command. I mean... This is what we've been waiting for. Now he's going to prove to everybody that he's the Savior of the world and his kingdom is going to be established on the earth. So let's pick back up in Acts chapter 1 in this little conversation that Jesus had with his apostles, his disciples. Acts 1 verse 6 says that the, the apostles were all together and they asked Jesus, Lord, are you now going to give the kingdom back to Israel? I mean, it'd be the right time. Jesus said to them, the Father is the only one who has the authority to decide the dates and times. 
These things are not for you to know. But when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will receive power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, in Samaria, and in every part of the world. And after this, as they were watching, he was lifted up in a cloud and was hid from their sight. Now, can you imagine? Jesus was completely unstoppable. He was all-powerful. And he even said in, in the Gospel of Matthew, all power has been given to me. And he left the building. He's gone. I mean, without any warning. They're talking to him one minute, and then they're watching him go up into the clouds the next. What in the world has just happened? And I can imagine that the disciples looked at each other in that moment. Well, what do we do now? Let's keep reading. Verse 10. As he was going, they were looking into the sky. And suddenly two men wearing white clothes stood beside them. They said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking into the sky? Jesus, whom you saw taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you saw him go. Now that's a totally a Terminator moment, right? I'll be back. Now I, I, I mentioned I'm not a fan, but I want you to recognize that Jesus didn't say it. He didn't say, I'll be back. The angel said, he'll be back. What Jesus said was, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the events. Don't worry about all this stuff that's going on in the world around you. Instead, be my witnesses. Testify to the reality of the kingdom of God to the people in your world. You're having technical difficulties? Okay. You see, our world needs a, a living testimony of who Jesus is. And guess what? You and I are it. We're it. I mean, if we're waiting for somebody else to step up and testify about who Jesus is, we'll be waiting forever. Because He's called us to give that testimony. Now you might ask, well, well, how can God use me as a witness? You might be like me and, and you stutter over your words. Or maybe you, you, 
just talking to people is, is one of those things that just scares you to death. My dad used to, used to say whenever he would have to talk to someone that he goes into vapor lock. He couldn't say anything. He'd try to say something and nothing would come out. And Jesus doesn't ask us to be his witnesses in our own strength, in our own power, and under our own resources. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. And that's what the power is for, is to make us his witnesses, to make us effective for his kingdom. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, that's one half of Jesus' famous last words. I'll share the other half with you next week. But what I want to do before we, before we close here today, I want to pray for those who might be watching. Maybe you're here and you feel estranged from God. You feel separated, maybe because of something you've done, maybe because of, of where you've been. Jesus wants us to know that he loves us and that he'll receive us. That he's there for us. So if you're in a place where you need to know that Jesus loves you, we want an opportunity to pray with you. Those of us here, we're going to take some time to pray. If you're there watching at home, I, I, Danelle was saying how you could send us a prayer request, how you can, you can send us a, a, a connection card, and you can, you can give us whatever information that you'd like. We want to be able to pray for you. We want to be available to you wherever you are. But I also want to be praying for empowerment to be witnesses for Jesus because that's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. And I think the coronavirus, if anything, it's given us a great opportunity to find out how we can do things differently, better, how we can step outside of our comfort zones in ways that we might not have even considered beforehand. I know it's been a challenge to me, and, and I think it's a challenge for all of us. So I, I want to take the opportunity to pray for empowerment to be witnesses. And I also want to pray for those who, who, would, who need healing. If you need healing in your body, wherever you are, I want you to know that healing is available and we want an opportunity to pray for you and allow the Holy Spirit to come and, and bring that healing. And finally, the last thing, I want to invite you to seven days of prayer and fasting. I felt like the Lord laid that on my heart this week to, to pray for our reopening. And for a couple of reasons. First of all, that, that things would go well, that, that there wouldn't be any spike in, in an infection or anything like that that could affect us as we, we go to open, but also that, that when we gather, that the Holy Spirit would meet with us. 
and that the Holy Spirit would empower us and use us in a greater way to affect our community and to affect our city. Careful to say, not say, infect. But So I, I want to invite you to pray with me before we close. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for this opportunity to be back in our house again, in your house. And Lord, we're so thankful for your protection, how you've kept us through the past three months of quarantines and self-isolation and social distancing and all the stuff that's been, that's been going around. Thank you for your protection and keeping us throughout this time and your faithfulness to us. If there's anyone today, Lord, that is seeking you, that is in a place where they feel distant from you, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would come now, that you would move on them, that they would experience your presence on their life. In the name of Jesus, draw them to yourself. And Lord, for all of us who want to be your witnesses, Holy Spirit, come and empower us. Move on us and fill us so that we can be used by you in the world we live in. And God, for anyone that needs healing in their body, if you're in a place and you, you need healing, put your hand where it hurts. I've got a thing going on with my neck and I've got a thing with my finger. God, in the name of Jesus, bring your healing. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Finger, neck, back, hips, knees, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Holy Spirit, come and heal in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, to move in us and that you would, that you would begin to speak to us and show us how you want to use us in a greater way as we draw near to you. Father, we give you praise and we give you glory. All honor, power, might, and dominion all belong to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been really good to, to be back at home. And I want to invite you once again to come out next week. May the 31st, if you haven't been here and, and you'd like to see what we've done to the building since you've been gone, I think that would be maybe a, a way to, to lure you back in. But my prayer is that God would bless you and be with you throughout this coming week. Thank you for joining us, and God bless you.